Hello, and welcome back to Flate, my fantastical fictional story. You are joined today by your hosts, Alex and Ryan. Today, we'd really like to introduce to you just what fan fiction is. So, to start off, I'd like to talk about the word fanatic, which is the bigger word for fan. Now, fanatic has roots in Latin for phanum, which is temple, or fanaticus, which is of a temple inspired by a god, which is quite interesting when you think about the mm. socioeconomic implications of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've really started to identify with these fandoms. In fact, we even call them fandoms instead of kingdoms, mm-hmm. which I really think that's a, a nuanced take on the way that we've abandoned religion as a society oh. and have really started to take a liking to these different archetypal characters. Oh, hold your horses. You're getting a little saucy there, oh, saucy. Oh, Sorry, sorry. It's a take. It's a take. It also is from the French fanatique, and uh, it found its way into English in the mid-16th century as fanatic, the relatively the same definition. Now, as far as fiction goes, that actually comes from the Latin of fingere, or form, or contrive, and then to the Latin ficto, and then through Old French, it came into Middle English as fiction, invented statement, late Middle English period, which is very interesting, around the same time as uh, one William Shakespeare. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ryan, do you have anything to add? Well, I think that was pretty comprehensive. The only thing I can add is... Live from New York, it's Suck My Fanfic! With your hosts, Alex and Ryan. Special guest, Keenan Thompson. Musical guest, Alex and Ryan. Now here's your host, Alex and Ryan. Hey everybody, how's it going? I hope we're going to have a great show tonight. What about you, Ryan? Aw oh, man, I feel like doing a musical monologue right now. Let's just <laughs> sing. Okay. That, was, that took way too long to get. <laughs> I honestly think we could have kept going with the, we the, probably could have. the, the study of the word fanatic. That's our second podcast. It's a trailer podcast. Mm-hmm. It's an exclusive mm-hmm. on Patreon. Yes. Which we have. A trailer that comes before. Follow us there. Prequel. Yeah, give us money. Mm-hmm. How you doing today, Ryan? I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. actually great. Yeah. Feeling good. Why are you feeling great? What's going it's, on? It's, it's warm. It's New York City. It's, yeah. Everyone's out and about. Yeah. I'm wearing shorts. Yep. Uh, which is insane. Perfect time to get just, you know, shut into a room. Nestled and in. Do, and do a podcast. Do a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's better than being outside because we were just at the park mm. and they were doing a lot of construction. So That's true. We literally could not hear each other. But podcasting is not really something you can do outside. It's like, I want to read outside today. Yeah. Let's podcast outside not, today. You want to podcast when outside? When you said I was coming down, yeah. I was like, oh, are, you, are we going to podcast you, outside bringing today? all of the equipment too? <laughs> yeah. It's like when you were in when you're in middle school or high school, it's like, can we have class outside today? <laughs> and the teacher's like, no. And then they would finally let you do it. And it was like the best day ever. Yeah. I actually, uh, at UF... And what is the good life, which is the worst class in the world? I bet they had class outside. We we had a TA. Take your shoes off and experience <laughs> the ground as we read from this passage of Siddhartha. Of Siddhartha. The funniest thing is, like, well, how did Siddhartha make you feel? No. Uh, <laughs> my TA was a political science major or, you know, PhD candidate. Sure, yeah. And I was the only liberal arts uh, uh, major in I my bet class. That just adored you. He his name was Alec, so Alec always talked to Alex, and it was funny because he would always sit there before class and be like, so what you learning in your history classes today? I'm like, come on, Alec, are we really doing this? But Alec was very easily fooled by this one guy who every day was like, Alec, can we have class outside? And one day, he let us have class outside. Half the class left, left walking outside. Hey, uh, Alec, I'm, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'll meet you outside. I'm just going to bring all of my stuff because uh, I'm going to meet you outside. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a good class. So yeah. no podcasting outside. We're inside today, mm-hmm. nestled up, cooped up. In a temperature-controlled environment. Yes. I am, I'm ready to see what Ryan has for us this week because I, quite frankly, did not get any information from him about what the fandom is. Yeah. So. And I think when you're talking about fanatic, that is a perfect introduction okay. to how I feel about this particular fandom, which is The Office. Okay. And I know... Have you seen you watch The Office? I've watched episodes. And I The Office is interesting because a lot like Scrubs, it was like really well received yeah. when it came out. Yeah. 
But then once it got onto Netflix, yeah. it got the second life of its own, and it was like every hype teen yeah. was watching Scrubs and is now watching The Office. I, I think there's something very distinct about people our age and mm-hmm. lower than our age. It is. Where, I, mm-hmm. where we are so like focused on us, where we always be like, this was the first person to do this. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it wasn't. But I, I, my mom used to work at Disney. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's old. One of the things she was she was working with. Yo, your mama's so old. Yo, your mama's so old. She Jesus. worked at Steamboat Willie World. Jesus signed her yearbook. Anyways, she would work at Disney, and there were people there our age that worked with her, and they'd be like, "Hey, have you ever heard of the show called Friends? It's on Netflix, and it's like <laughs> hilarious." And my mom watched Friends live, yes. like as it was. You know what I mean? As it like, happened, yeah. And she's like, "Yes, I've seen Friends, but mm-hmm. we're just so stupid. Where we're like." I'm the first person to ever yeah. see these things Whoa. because I'm special. And so yeah. I think that's what it is The Office, yeah. where it's like, have you guys seen The Office? Like, yeah. how old is it now? Oh, man. Old? 2006, maybe the first season? Yeah. Like, really, you know, it's been a yeah. while. So I definitely think it's it's taken on a second life oh, because absolutely. of people our age. I actually... There was a whole thing when they were going to take it off Netflix yeah. and everyone rioted. Yeah, well, remember, they were going to take Friends off and then they ended up paying like a billion dollars to keep it on Netflix, which mm-hmm. is so stupid. Yeah. Friends is a good show. Now David Schwimmer can do as many good. art house films as he wants. Oh, he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was watching YouTube, and you know how you just kind of go down the rabbit hole. The, the algorithm controls your life for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I was on the trending page, and it said Billie Eilish. The She's obsessed with The Office. She's obsessed with The Office. And it had uh, Rain, Rain Wilson. Wilson. So you saw that video. I did see that video. Because I'm obsessed there, with The Office. Yeah, I was sitting there watching that, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't care about The Office or Billie Eilish. I've never heard a <laughs> Billie Eilish song. Why am I watching this? Yeah. <laughs> You're just like... You know, she's, what, 18, 19? Yes, I she's 17. A, she's yeah. the first person born after 2000 to be on the Billboard Hot mm-hmm. 100. Mm-hmm. Or, or to, to have the number one spot, whatever yeah. the record is. She's the first. I know, yeah. She's, yeah she, that's what I alluded to on yeah. the hype team. Specifically, yeah. William Eyelash. Yes, yeah, William Eyelash. Um, but yeah, I, I watched that and she was like obsessed with it. I'm like, why yeah. do people our age care that much? But I, they do. Same with Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and Rec is a big one. I have, I've watched all of Parks and Rec. Yeah. My, um, I like the first... TV show I ever remember watching with my family used to be Survivor when it was on. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. I, we watched it. It was the only time I'm I could stay up. No, like Survivor, like the the game show. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying that, that wasn't the theme song. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Um, that was like the only <laughs> night of the week I could stay up past eight thirty. So I grew to love Survivor because of that. Okay. I haven't watched it in like maybe twenty years. Maybe 15. Let's say 15 I was years. Say, I don't know how old you are then. I was a baby. You really, just, you really just skewed my perception but of no, your age. No. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm actually like 50. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. But that was the first show. And then I remember watch, I started watching The Office with my dad. And we would watch it. And then okay. my mom we would watch it. And it was, we thought it was, I thought it was so funny. And my cousin had the same experience. But we didn't like realize it until we, we started getting like older. And we got mm-hmm. into high school. Um, cause we, we visit him frequently and then we found like, we both love the office and while it was happening, so we were, we were like, Oh, like that's my go-to office buddy is my cousin. Okay. Um, and I had DVDs and I used to watch them when I was sick. Like people watch like yeah. the prices, right? I'd pop in the DVD yeah. and just like watch them nonstop. Marathon and before Netflix. Um, I really, I've, I haven't like watched them. Like I want for the first time, like preparing for this episode, I watched a couple episodes on mm-hmm. Netflix. I like hadn't watched it on Netflix at all. Really? Because I just, you know, it was like almost like my childhood. Wow. But, um, yeah, I just love, I just love the show. See, and I, I used to think in high school, I would tell, I would just quote the show mm-hmm. and people would laugh because no one really watched, no one, like teen watched a, a show about yeah. a workplace. And I was like, if I ever meet someone who's seen The Office, I'm not going to be funny anymore. They're going to think I'm just a hack. Yeah. And now that everyone's watching The Office, I'm having like this existential crisis. <laughs> I can't be I'm funny like, anymore. I feel like walls are closing in on me. Like I can't go with my, my old well of jokes. That's basically me, but with South Park jokes. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the same thing. It's interesting. I I had a similar experience with my parents, but dissimilar where we watched Two and a Half Men. What a waste of time. That's, that's such it, a terrible it show. Was, but they were parallel. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it could have been one or the other. Yeah, it was Two and a Half Men and then Big Bang Theory. Big and Bang then Theory when I realized Big Bang Theory was just a nerd minstrel show, I stopped watching. <laughs> but Two and a Half Men. And then also, luckily, my parents were so into like old sitcoms. My mom was into like 50s and 60s sitcoms because she's an old lady. Mm-hmm. But my dad loved MASH. Mm-hmm. And MASH is such a good show. You know the last episode of MASH is still the highest rated 
non-sporting event, no. I think on TV, on, on cable, on regular TV. Wow. The last episode, that drew in hell of people, there, millions of people. Didn't the last season of MASH get like super dark? It did. The last episode, <laughs> the last episode of MASH, the last, super dark, last right? episode of MASH, I'm pretty sure he's in a bus with a lady who has a baby and she suffocates the baby so the uh, North Koreans don't hear. That's it. They're like, yeah. hiding. yes. But MASH is, that's, MASH is a great show. Mm-hmm. That's such a good show. Mm-hmm. The commentary about war in the middle of the Vietnam War. Yeah, but it was quite Korea, right? Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it ran for like eight or nine seasons, even though the Korean War lasted for three years. So, I mean, you know, take take that what you want. But we'd watch that. We'd watch Cheers. Cheers is a great show. Yeah. I love Cheers. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, whoever kind of raises you, whether mm-hmm. it's like an older sibling yeah. or a, a, like a mentor or guardian or whatever... They have so much impact on what your yeah. tastes are. Yeah. Whether it's like I like what they like or mm. I like what they don't like. Yeah. Because screw you, mom. That, that's what was. That's how it was with me. And my mom, where she loved Michael Jackson, she made me walk, like listen to him, and I was like, I hate Michael Jackson. Well, you, and you, now that I'm older, I'm like, I like Michael Jackson. But <laughs> but you kind of came out on top. Yeah, exactly. On that one. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe I knew as a kid, like, there's not something. <laughs> something's wrong about something's this. Something's off guy. about this dude. But I always grew up thinking that Van Halen was the best rock band of all time van halen is hardcore yeah. van halen's awesome mm-hmm. uh and but i thought everyone else thought van halen was the best rock band of all time because the way that my dad would talk about van halen would be like oh they oh they're so cool david they're, diamond yeah, yeah. yeah. david uh, diamond, he actually Roth, was yeah. a bigger sammy hagar fan than Ooh, david lee Roth. not a fan of van hagar i'm a more I, david I, lee Roth guy it's for me it's sort of like acdc i understand that they're two separate phases yeah, sure. and i i appreciate both sure. but you know i grew up thinking van halen just slayed but turns out not everybody thinks it's the best <laughs> rock band of all time, which is very disappointing because I love Van Halen. Speaking, I have a quick Van Halen story, if okay. you don't mind me. That's fine. Don't mind me cutting you no, off. No, I think it's germane. You know, Van Halen actually wrote the theme song to The Office. Very germane cult. Did they actually write the theme song to The Office? Absolutely. I don't believe that, mm-hmm. but okay. Yep. Yeah? No. All of Van Halen? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, Eddie. Just Eddie. And, okay, good. In Kissimmee, there's a place called Old Town, and it's... Uh, you ever rode the, rode the slingshot? I have not. I'm afraid of heights, so I'm not going to do that. I used to live. I, I did. I stayed there over yeah. the summer near Old Town, so I rode the slingshot. Yeah. Old Town's interesting. They have a lot of shops and No one stuff. ever's in there, yeah. No. That's a place you can like press a penny and a quarter into yeah. like, a useless yeah. souvenir. And go buy a really overpriced t-shirt or something. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fun. If you have an afternoon to kill in Orlando, it's kind of cool to go there. Yeah. Go there at night when they have a car show. It's kind of fun. Sure. But my grandma used to work there when she lived in Kissimmee, and she worked at the dog store. They didn't sell pets. They just sold dog souvenirs. And I don't mean souvenirs for your dog. I mean, like... <laughs> Dog-themed souvenirs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I used, in elementary school, I thought it was cool because I had pencils with Labradors on them because yeah. Labradors are my favorite dogs. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, this is my Labrador pencil today, everyone. And I'd sit there and, like, write with it because she would get me... You would Labradoodle in the I would margins of your... Yeah. yeah. And point. so she would get me all of this dog paraphernalia, and she said that... My, my grandma's a really funny old lady. She she comes from a long line of roasters. These are, This is my Hungarian side, so they're all just old and mean, mm-hmm. uh, but very lighthearted mean. And my aunt, who is her older sister, oh my God, she's in her 80s, and she would just spit straight flame at you for like an hour. Super hot fire. And it would get to the point where you're like, I don't think you're joking anymore, Aunt Man. I think you're just being mean. Yeah. You know, like, please stop, old <laughs> Actually lady. Actually attacking like, me. Like, and it kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my grandma was working at the dog store in Kissimmee, and this guy walked in, and he was walking around just, like, singing. And she said to him, wow, your mom obviously didn't love you enough to get you singing lessons. And he kind of looked at her like, what are you talking about? She's like, I think you need some singing lessons. I think you shouldn't be here buying these things. I think you should get some singing lessons. And he started laughing, and he's like, are, are you messing with me? She goes, no. And he's like, do you know who I am? She goes, no, I have no idea. And so he's like here, and he like wrote down his name, and he like gave her an autograph, and I I think he took a picture with her. I don't remember if he did or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she went home, and she saw my dad. She's like, "Hey, some guy came into the store today, and I think you like him. I don't I don't know." He's like, "Who was it?" She's like, "I know." Um, uh, his last name was like Hagger, Haggart. His first name started with an S. I don't know. He was from some band. And my dad goes, "Sammy Hagar." She goes, "Yeah, that sounds about right." And he <laughs> yeah. goes. What did you say to him? Like, he immediately knew, like, what did you say? How did you embarrass me, Mom? <laughs> and he, she told him, and he's like, oh, my God, my mom told my favorite, like, singer that he can't sing. And, like, 
it's funny because in Orlando people come through and they you know they do all the touristy yeah. stuff and my... the, the best part about that story is that Sammy Hagar was in the dog souvenir I know that's, it's, that's so great I, I love how he's just like you don't know who I am and it's like no I don't know who you are like, but you suck at singing just like... what, an, what an amazing like anonymous moment for Sammy yeah. Hagar he's like yeah. he's probably like in there in his shades he's like I gotta buy this Labrador pencil yeah. oh man. fuck Got to drive 55 out of here. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. And then he just has a completely random encounter. Yeah. Some old Jew lady starts spinning flaming. And he's like, what the hell? I whoa, did not walk whoa. in and be attacked, lady. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so that's my, my Van Halen story. I love telling that story. I think I've already told you that. When you looked at me, you had a face of like, I know where this is no, going. No, when you, when you mentioned the... Um singing lessons i was like yeah. oh yeah i didn't I'd, I'd forgotten that it was yeah. sammy hagar though yeah so my my grandmother talks shit to sammy hagar which is like the funniest thing so. okay for all the um hype teens who know about the office yes but don't know about van halen give them one van halen song to listen to to get them hooked oh, just give it one uh, and then i'll explain to all the old van halen fans what, what's going on with the office see the issue is i'm gonna pick a david lee roth song probably and that would really piss my dad off uh it's for the hype teens. No, I don't think it's the David Lee Roth. Listen to the Glee like version no, no, of Jump. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I was going to say um, either Dreams or Panama. But Panama even, is I mean, good. Panama, but that's the same Hagar song, isn't it? No, I think that's David is Lee. Because all that vocalizations yeah. Yeah, yeah, in so. the middle of the song. Yeah, uh, David Lee Roth was recently on the Joe Rogan Experience. That's a very interesting I'm episode. Check that out. Yeah. I, saw, uh, I saw them in concert with David are Lee. Are you? Yeah. Wow. In Tampa, yeah. Wow. So all you young head asses that like The Office but haven't heard Van Halen, go listen to one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Van Halen's a great band. They, yeah. I, I think they're a very solid rock band mm-hmm. from that age. Extremely. And nothing crazy about them, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's arena rock, yeah. hair metal kind of deal. They didn't really have that many big scandals, except no. kind of kicking David Lee Roth out of the band oh, at one yeah, point. I mean, they, but... they all split and they hate yeah. each other, but yeah. Yeah. Now they, now uh, it's Eddie and Wolfgang, like he tours with his son. Wolf, yeah, Wolfgang's yeah, so... his son. The mom, the mom's famous. Who is, I'm trying to remember Wolfgang's mom. I want to say it's Susan Sarandon, but it's not. <laughs> It's Valerie Bertinelli. It's not Susan Strand. Oh, okay. And also, but she's still she, heir to the Bertoli um, empire. I don't of, think that's true <laughs> of microwavable dinners. But she's on a lot of TV shows. So Valerie Bertinelli. Another thing for you hype teens to go look yeah. up, and then for you old heads, old head asses. Um, the Office is a sitcom yeah. about people who work in a paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's centered mostly around the crazy exploits of the manager, Michael, Michael yeah. Scott. And there's a nice love story between one of his salesmen, Jim Halpert, and the receptionist, Pam Beasley. And then it's just all the kind of crazy antics they get into. And, and for all of you old people out there that like Modern Family, you know how it's kind of like they're getting interviewed? <laughs> the Office was the first one to do that in the U.S. And it actually yeah. was ba- – it's it's a, it's based but on yeah. a documentary, whereas Modern Family is not a documentary. No. They it just, just have weird cutscenes where they talk to the camera. Which is – I always never understood no, that. It is a it. funny show, though. It was a funny it show. Is a, it's still pretty tight. It was a funny written. show. I think it's cons- – how long it's been on the air, yeah. it's still pretty impressive yeah. how they can write a tight script. Yeah. It's been, what, like it's nine, ten writers, seasons? I guess, yeah. yeah. But the office, the U.S. office, is actually based off the U.K. office Correct. with Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bilbo Baggins. Martin oh, Freeman. was he really? Yeah, he plays yeah. the British gym. But in stereotypical U.K. fashion, I think the original... You, like, it's only like two yeah, series. Like two or three seasons. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my, my favorite drama, The Killing. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. It's so good. It was mm-hmm. an AMC show. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of jumped around. Netflix, uh, networks ended on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But that was based on a Danish Danish, um, Norwegian TV show, one of those. You're killing. And the original show was like two seasons. Mm-hmm. And then they, the the creator, the lady who created it, came over here mm-hmm. and wrote two solid seasons. Mm-hmm. And three and four are good. Three yeah. is a waste of time. But I like three is a waste of time because of the end. If, okay. you, if you watch three and you think the ending's good, we're going to disagree. <laughs> I'm never going to change my mind. So there's something for everything. There's yes. something for the hype teens. Yes. There's something hype for the teens, old, old rock men, fans. The, the Norwegians. The Norwegians. The Vikings. Yes. We have something for everything in this episode. That's what this episode's all about. So what I found was on fanfiction.net, and it is someone's, uh, they call it a spec script. So a speculative script okay. that they wrote. I like you to, like find, spec scripts, I like to yeah. find scripts because yeah. they are always they usually capture. Yeah. This reads a lot like a, just like a lost episode, and it's set in season two. Are they on Oahu? No. Purgatory, <laughs> no. That is not purgatory. No. <laughs> um, so this is set, yep, in season two. It's called The Office, parentheses, American version, season two, spec script. And it was written in 2015. So maybe mm-hmm. this was a hype team that wrote this. They saw it on Netflix and they yeah, decided to write it up. So there you go. With that, do you have anything else you want? Or you just want to hop right to let's, it? Let's just jump right into it. Okay, so 
let's get it started. Um, in ha, in here. Starts with it's in the interior of the office. Um, basically, it's Pam's birthday. That's kind of the okay. the, the premise, the setting mm-hmm. of this episode. Um, so Michael obviously is way over the top excited. He has like a confetti explosion, and he's got a, a party horn, and he's blowing it. Michael Scott says, surprise, it's your birthday. And then Jim says, I think she knows it's her. And then Michael Scott <laughs> says, just sh- shut it. And they cut to a talking head, which is those interviews yeah. with Jim. And he says, yes, today is Pam's birthday. She tries to keep it low key for obvious reasons. At reception, Michael tries to put a birthday hat on Pam and she resists. Jim Halpert, talking over the scene, says, some people take it a little too seriously. Having finally gotten the hat on Pam's head, Michael blows the party horn directly into her ear. Pam is less than pleased. Back to Jim. I won't say who, but some people. Then we have Pam Beasley's talking head. Yes, today is my birthday. I'm not going to say which one, but I'm excited about this one. And it's revealed that she's excited because her favorite band, The Savages, are coming to town. So right. she's, it's that night. So she's yeah. very excited. Um her favorite band is coming to the screen, and she says, you know, I've dropped a couple hints, so someone's obviously going to take me. At this point, she is with Roy, her fiancé. She's not with Jim. Okay. So there's kind of flirtation Very is still happening. with this. Okay. So for the first, like, two seasons of the show, Jim and Pam have this, like, flirty relationship, but she's engaged to her high school sweetheart who works in the warehouse. Is this big, burly guy named Roy. Okay. And he's kind of like a, like a meathead jock from high mm. school. Jim kind of just, like, opines from, from afar. Is he on there the whole time or just for... Roy, um, he leaves. He actually, like, finds out that Jim, like, kissed Pam and he, like, mm. attacks him and he gets arrested. And then at the end of the show, they go and meet him again and he's, like, doing really well and he's, like, a really, like, nice fan. He's doing better than... nice th- things for him. He's doing better than them, essentially. So That's they feel hilarious. they feel bad about it and they have this, like, moment. Um, the Pam's, end of the show Pam's ruins them. Pam's like, man, I could have, uh, <laughs> I could have had a kind life. of, and it kind of ruins everything. <laughs> Game of Thrones, the whole thing. So then, Michael again is being persistent, and he's just kind of putting the horn, uh, the hat on her head, blowing the horn. Pam sighs, cut, looks at the camera, cut to the opening credits. The most Doo-doo-doo. legendary Doo-doo-doo. Van Halen opening Doo-doo-doo. credits ever. Okay. Okay. He gave me a please stop look. No, so. no, that was that was good. I'd never heard that noise come out of a human's mouth before. <laughs> um, well, you just did, my So friend. now that the credits are done, we cut to Dwight sitting at his desk and separating a bag of cat letter into gray and blue piles. Okay. Jim looks on curiously. Jim Halpert. What are you doing? Dwight shoot. What does it look like, idiot? Jim Halpert. It looks like you're sorting cat litter. Congratulations, you have eyes. Why are you doing that? None of your business. Dwight coyly glances at the camera. Talking head for Dwight. I was two minutes late picking up my girlfriend. This displeased her. As punishment, she is making me prove my worth by filtering out the blue pellets in her cat litter. Her cats are very picky. Cut back to Jim. I thought you didn't like cats. False. I like any animal that can be trained to be obedient. You can't train a cat. I can, and I have. All it takes is patience, confidence, and a brain. Three things in which you are lacking. Got him. Cut back to Dwight. I have trained many animals. Cats, dogs, mongooses. Once, I even got a colony of ants to form a straight line. (laughs) Cut back to um, the office. An Asian man in a suit, Don Wakamatsu, walks in and places a briefcase on the reception counter. Pam says, who are you? He says he has an appointment with Michael. Um, Michael jumps out from behind him, and he says, new phones! Michael Scott turns and says, everybody, I'd like your attention. This is Mr. Wakamatsu. He corrects him, Wakamatsu. Mm-hmm. And he is a salesman for a really cool company called Sinkly. He says, Cynthia, different company. <laughs> and they sell really cool phones. He says, it's a network communication system. And Michael just says, all right, come on. He jogs into his office. Don slowly follows him. While Jim gets up and walks over to Pam. Um, and they have this conversation that they just got new phones last year. So why are they buying new phones now? Mm-hmm. They go over to Oscar. He's the accountant. He confirms. And they wonder why they wanted to purchase a new phone system so soon. It's a network communication system. It's totally different, Yeah, it's right? the same thing. So Jim knocks on the door. He says, hey, do you have a second? Michael says, I'm busy with a client. Jim says, it'll only take a few seconds. And Michael says, well, then it can't be that important if it only takes a few seconds. Call me when there's an emergency. Jim says, it is an emergency, a sales emergency, and I need your expertise to help close the deal. Michael follows Jim into the conference room. Pam and Oscar are sitting, waiting for them. Michael says, what? 
I thought you had an emergency. Jim said, I do. This is it. And then Michael looks at Pam and he says, Pam's not a salesman. And they say, no, Michael, it's about the phone system. Oscar points out that they're already over budget from buying supplies for the Cinco de Mayo party that corporate canceled because it was culturally insensitive. <laughs> um, so they're badgering him. They're trying to find out why he's buying this phone system. Yeah. They cut to Michael Scott in a talking head in his, in his office. He says, I'm at a sales convention this week, and I meet this gentleman who shows me this really cool phone system and has all these really cool features. It was even used in the Bond film. Is it expensive? Yes. But what people don't realize is that there are some things in this world that are so valuable that they become priceless, like a Milli Vanilli autographed cassette tape, a baseball signed by Michael Jordan, an $1,800 <laughs> James Bond phone system. It's priceless, even though it has the price, has price. right there. Classic. From what I, I, I'm not very familiar with the office, but from what I can tell, this is pretty dead on the nose at the moment. Mm-hmm. From you know characterization and whatnot. Mm-hmm. From what I know, I just love I, how they wrote Dwight. I like they included yeah. false. I had to do false. it. Had to do it. So they have finally convinced him that they don't need the the new phone system. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Fine, fine, fine, fine. I won't get the new phone system." Jim says, "Thank you." And Michael says, "But what am I supposed to tell Mister Wakamatsu?" And then Jim says, "It's Wakamatsu." And then Michael says, "God bless you." Pam cuts in. Of course. Just tell him you're going to make a decision today and that you're not going to make a decision today and that you will call him and let him know what you decide. And Michael says, and what what will I decide? And then Pam just says, really, Michael? And he says, okay, okay. You're going to say no, buddy. So Michael pauses briefly to glare at Jim, then smugly goes on his way. Confused, Jim looks into the camera. Classic Jim Jim Mm -hmm. face at the camera. So Michael sits down, and he says, sorry, where were we? And then Don Wakamatsu says, I just finished showing you our entry-level packages. Michael says, yes, about that. I appreciate you. And then Don cuts in. I don't think I've shown you our executive packages yet, have I? And Michael's eyes light up cut the scene and then we cut to angela it's mentioned that angela's out sick because usually they would have her go in and just kind of like beat michael around and tell mm-hmm. him that it's not financially responsible um angela the kind of camera crew creeps through the brush outside of her house and they see that she's not sick she's dog sitting for someone and she has this really intense phone call where she's like i have too many cats angela's a crazy cat woman um and she says i'm gonna like give up this dog to the pound it's not working out. Wow. But she's obviously not getting any ground with whoever she's talking to on mm-hmm. the phone. So she says, you're acting crazy. She throws the phone across the room. The phone hits a cat. And she yells, oh, no, Sprinkles. And then she runs over to console the cat. Sprinkles being her favorite cat, who Dwight later kills. Spoilers. Oh, sweet. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. So we cut back to the office. Don has left. Uh, Michael comes out of his office, kind of sheepishly shuffles over to Oscar's desk. He reaches in his jacket and pulls out a piece of paper. Michael says, can you process this order, please? And then Pam walks out. She says, Michael Scott, you did not just buy a phone system. And then Michael doesn't respond. She says, Michael? And Michael says, yes, all right, I bought it. But he offered us the executive package at the entry-level price. What am I supposed to do? And everyone at the same time says, say no. And then Kevin, you familiar with Kevin Malone? Is that the bald dude who eats a lot? Yes. Okay. He comes in. And he tries to join the group, but he's like a couple seconds late. And he says, say no. Kelly, Kelly Kapoor, she is a customer service. She's also there. That's Mindy Kaling. Okay. Um, she's also there. She says, what's going on? Um, Oscar says, Michael just bought the office a new phone system. She's on board with it. Everyone else is not on board with it. She steps off the desk and she says, oh, look at me. I'm Pam. So special. I answer phones all day. Go get a real job. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Cut to Kelly's uh, talking head. Lately, I've been really bored at work. So rather than just waiting for something dramatic to happen, I create it. <laughs> and while she's talking, they cut to um, a, a, like a little scene of Toby sitting calmly at his desk while Kelly is in fury, throwing things around, storming off. And she says, it doesn't matter who, what, or where. And the camera just turns to Toby's soup, sad, droopy face. His workspace is completely trashed. I don't even remember what Pam is talking about. And she smiles at the camera. Can we talk about how Mindy Kaling has, like, her fourth show where it's like, it, this is just Mindy Kaling with a different character yeah. name. Is she that interesting of a person? Because I don't get it, which is fine, because I'm not... She's gonna, she's in a movie, too, now. Is um, it a movie? She, she's a writer for a late night show. I thought that was a, a show. I think it's a... Uh, is it a movie? I don't know. Uh, no, it's Emma Thompson's in it, right? Isn't, yes. Yeah, it's gotta oh, be she's, a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be a movie. It's a movie. Um, I just... I don't see why I, that she's a big enough personality for that. 
But hey, if she, she does, is. if the people mini, watch it, the Mindy Kaling uh, show is actually not that bad. No, I've never seen it's it. I'm, just, I, I'm not. I'm not criticizing her. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I don't see the appeal for her to get right. like four or five TV shows just based off of her personality. Well, she because she writes her shows. Oh, does she really? She wrote for The I, Office. I thought. Did she really? Her and Ryan, who okay. are like they're kind of in episodes. Yeah, they are like. Big time writers for the oh, show. Oh, okay. And they, it's interesting because they chose to write themselves as like these like really messed up like well, bimbos. Why wouldn't you give yourself a fun character? I'm not going to write is myself as boring. And they you know? show up every couple episodes, but yeah, they I, they write for the show. Oh, what's her name? Shonda Rhimes. Ron. You know what I'm talking about? The lady who did Grey's Anatomy and How to Get, get Away with Murder. Okay. For some reason, I thought she was a part of Mindy was a part of that lady's group of shows. Entourage. Yeah, because she's about to get. She just did a Netflix deal. Who's that? Shonda, is it Shonda Rhimes? I'm that sounds like familiar. a total yeah, idiot to everyone familiar. that actually knows. Shaka Khan? Yeah, Shaka Khan. But it was it was a big deal because they were like, wow. Because she, you know, she has some of the highest rated mm-hmm. shows on television mm-hmm. that have the longest. Like, Grey's Anatomy is still going. It's been going forever. Yeah. And she helped create that, How to Get Away with Murder. There have been a couple other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she, just she makes, like, like, salacious TV shows yeah, that people and, like to watch. And she just signed a deal with Netflix. Not just. It's been a couple months. But mm-hmm. she signed a deal with Netflix. And everyone was like, well, if you're what? listening to this in like three years, it yeah. just happened. Yeah, it just happened. Let yeah, us know how. Us. Hey, yeah. send us an email. Let us how know how those turn out. Yeah, how do those yeah. shows go? How do they go? Let, let, let us know. Yeah, but uh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know she was a writer. So I was just saying, like, I don't. You know, it's like with Kevin James. Kevin can wait. Didn't need to be a movie <laughs> or didn't need to be a show. You know what I mean? Like King of Queens was great, yeah. but it was just Kevin James being falling Kevin down. James. And, yeah, and then they do like. What is it? Zookeeper, and then the one where he Paul does... Paul Cop. Yeah, the MMA. Apparently, he actually does MMA, which is interesting. But it's just one of those things where it's like, his personality isn't that great to warrant all of these things. Yeah, he's not like a movie no, star. It's not, Adam Sandler can carry a movie yeah. and be a character. He's almost like losing the goodwill of the audience, but he can still do it, which is oh, impressive. Oh, if he wants to. That's yeah. the thing. If he wants to write a good movie, he can do it. Mm-hmm. He just likes to write shit movies recently. <laughs> I personally love the grown-up movies. You don't? Are you dead ass? You don't like grown ups? Okay, let's keep going. Let's oh go my god! Thing. Let's go back to. The, I don't think I'm um, in the minority here. Okay. Have you seen Happy Gilmore? It's made like a billion dollars. Yeah, Have Happy you Gilmore. Seen yeah, no, those Happy are no, his, Gilmore. His classics are great. Wedding Singer is great. Happy Gilmore is great. Okay, so then we cut back to after Kelly's talking head. Everyone's in a big hubbub, and then Dwight says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I think we're all forgetting one tiny little thing here. Michael is the manager. He is our leader, and we must respect his decisions, whether we like it or not. Michael says, thank you, Dwight. Whether it's right or wrong, okay. Whether it's smart or dumb, all right. Even if it's incomprehensibly stupid, I expect you to follow along blindly as he leads us into bankruptcy. Got it? And he goes, that's it. That's enough. Thank you, Dwight. And then Phyllis says, I agree with Dwight. It's Michael's decision. He's the manager. We should respect his decision. Puzzled, Jim looks at the camera, floating head for Phyllis. Last week, I put in for a raise. Doesn't hurt to do a little brown nosing. Mm-mm. Smiles at the camera. Never. So then they talk about why Michael had bought this thing, and they come to the conclusion that he just got sold. He just got played by yeah. a better salesman. Yeah, of course. And then Dwight looks, Michael, you've been had. He's a con man. And Michael says, no, I would have known if I'd been conned. Dwight says, no, you wouldn't see it coming. Trust me. Then we go to Dwight's talking head. I met a man on the side of the road selling raccoon meat. In conversation, he says he is also selling a very rare item, the claw of Bigfoot. Naturally, I was interested. He returns from the back of his truck with a bag. He tells me to wait till I get home to open it. When I get home, I open the bag I find a live cat inside. The cat provided me and Moe's with meat for two weeks. Moral of the story, cats have more meat than you'd think. So, lesson learned. Got back to the scene. <laughs> okay. Is that um, a very Dwight? That's an extremely Dwight. Okay, I figured. It's like a random buying raccoon meat, yeah. totally random, and then getting off topic at the end um, and losing his way. Much like me. Michael Scott cuts back and says, Michael Scott doesn't get con. Michael Scott does the conning. And then Jim says, prove it. Michael says, prove what? Jim says, sell Mr. Wakamatsu something. And Michael says, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to. And Jim says, because you're scared. And then Dwight says, Michael's not afraid of anything. And then Michael says, thank you, Dwight. And I would, Jim, but he's already gone. And then Phil's cuts in. He's over at Vance Refrigeration right now, meeting with Bob of Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Conning him, too. He probably is. He's going through the business park conning mm-hmm. everyone. Just a little background for you. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, is he's like another business owner in the same complex. And he's like dating slash married to Phyllis. That's okay. That's she knows. 
Um, so they go over to that person's section. Uh, they go over to Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, and um, they meet up with one of his salesmen. And Dwight says, where is he? We know he's here. And then the guy says, excuse me. And then Michael says, Dwight, stop, stop. And he asks if there's a salesman here. And Eric says, there are a lot of salesmen here. I am a salesman. And Michael says, no, I mean, is there a phone salesman here? Eric says, Mr. Wakamatsu? He's in a meeting with Mr. Vance at the moment. So they try to get in. He says, no. Um, and they say, can you just let Mr. Wakamatsu know that I need to see him as soon as he's done with Mr. Vance? Eric says, will do. Michael says, thank you. Michael and Dwight turn to leave. But Eric says, by the way, have you heard about our new deluxe mini fridge release this month? Michael and Dwight stop and look at each other. <laughs> Cut back to the office. Pam sits at reception, typing. Roy, her fiancé, enters the office, hiding something behind his back. He creeps all the way up to do- to Pam, not Dwight, before she notices. <laughs> Roy holds out a present. There, she's very excited. It's in a box. Pam says, sarcastically, I wonder what it could be. She opens the box, expecting to see the tickets, and pulls out a new button-down shirt. Pam's smile fades. Nice. And Roy says, it's that shirt you said you liked the other day from the mall. And then Pam, obviously, like, yes, thank you. It's great. It's exactly what I wanted. She said she liked it. She wanted tickets. She said she liked but it. But she, when when she says she likes something, but she actually wants something else, you gotta know. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, got to yeah, know. No, yeah. Got to know. You have to know. Um, Roy, thinking he's just absolutely killed this mm-hmm. birthday present, um, hugs her and says, I gotta get back downstairs. Don't worry, there's more to come later. And then he sensually I, smiles. It's, yes. it's definitely his penis. And then Pam just says, okay. Shit. <laughs> Pam forces a quick smile to rise you leave. Jim, seeing Pam disappointed, begins to type on his computer. On his computer screen, the Craigslist website loads. He types in the savages. Behind Jim, Dwight and Michael enter, each carrying a mini fridge under their arms. Jim notices and they both got enter. a mini fridge. He says, how'd it go? Michael says, can you open my door, please? Jim stares at him a moment. Michael gestures towards the door. He lets him in. Um, Jim smiles as Dwight hangs his head and follows Michael in, carrying the uh, mini fridge. Um, so then we cut to Michael sitting at his desk, drinking a Mike's Hard lemonade, talking to the camera. He says, it feels good stepping back into the selling game. Behind Michael sits the mini fridge. The door opens and Dwight pulls out a Mike's Hard lemonade. Michael Scott, like a sales legend, getting back into the ring. Dwight shuts the door, then inserts the lid into an automatic opener on the front of the mini fridge. Michael Scott, up there with Gordon Greco, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Dwight Shrew cuts in. Billy Mays. Dwight, Michael turns around. What? No. And then Dwight says, Billy Mays here. And then Michael says, no, shut No, not at all. Or like Willie Loman, Death of a Salesman. And then it cuts out from that. Obviously, he doesn't know what Death of a Salesman is about. Mm-hmm. Um... So basically it just goes back to them working. Jim takes a call. It's about the ticket. So he gets up to leave. Pam asks him where he's, where he's going. And he says, I'm just going to meet a friend. And he leaves. Smart. He's actually going to get tickets because he's trying to smash. Yeah, he's, he's trying to smash. He's trying to steal. He's trying to steal another man's he's a, he's a house wrecker. He is a home wrecker. Home wrecker. Home wrecker. Also, the best thing to get when you go to Moe's Southwest Grill. Really? Home wrecker. The burrito. Never had it. Whew. Not a big Moe's fan. So now, having found out that they've been duped by yet another salesman, mm-hmm. um, Dwight and Michael double back, um, and they're getting ready for Mr. Wakamatsu to come, because like, we can't get tricked again. Uh, Michael's got his, his uh, jacket on. He's getting ready to go. And Dwight says, I don't know why I can't have my jacket off, too, because Michael's taking it off. Michael says, just because. I need to look intimidating, and you don't. There's a knock at the door. The door opens, and Pam enters. Pam says, Dwight, you have a call. Michael says, Pam, we're kind of busy in here. Who is it? Pam says, she would only give one name, Kitty. Dwight instantly perks up. He says, he'll take it at my desk. He goes over, picks up the phone, hunched over, and says, hey, monkey, what's up? And he has a conversation with Angela. Dwight and Angela are having like a secret affair mm-hmm. this whole time. So Kitty and Monkey are their, their code names. I think she used Kitty. He always calls her Monkey. That's oh, like a okay. Throughout the show. He says, I can't go and help you with the dog. Yeah. I have an important meeting with Michael. He needs me. I can't. Okay. I'll be there. I said, I'll be there. He hangs up the phone. He looks behind him to see that Phyllis is leaning in. Phyllis returns to the work at her desk. And then Dwight nervously rocks back and forth. He has to think of a reason to get out of this with mm. Michael, who he has ultimate loyalty to. Yeah. He can never lie to Michael, but he has to in this situation. Dwight bursts into Michael's office in a panic, his cell phone up to his ear. 
Dwight, overacting. No! Oh my gosh! I don't believe what you're telling me. It's literally unbelievable. Hold on one second. <laughs> Michael says, what's going on? Jim place, uh, Dwight places his hand over the phone. That's Moe's. He says Ethel is having an emergency C-section and things aren't looking good. And Dwight says, and Michael says, oh, that's terrible. Dwight's, yes, yes it is. Michael says, what hospital is she at? Dwight says, she's not. She's in the barn behind the house. Michael says, what? Why? Call an ambulance. Dwight says, can't. Michael says, why not? And Dwight says, they don't allow goats at the hospital. Believe me, I've tried. Michael, oh my God. Dwight says, I know. I gave them her health card, her health ID card and everything, but they wouldn't. And then Mike says, just go. Dwight says, what about the sales pitch? And Michael says, I'll find someone else. Just go. Dwight smirks at the camera as he leaves. You smiley dog. He got out of it by lying about his goat being in labor. I mean, how low is that? To the man he has ultimate loyalty loyalty to. That's that's big. That is big. Big character development. Huge. Um, Huge. The next scene is Jim getting the tickets. He gets the tickets from this person off Craigslist. Not a lot happens in that scene. Skipping it. Um, so Michael, now without a strong number two for his mm-hmm. sales pitch, is asking anybody. He says, can somebody help me? Does anybody want to help me? No one's taking him up. He goes, Phyllis. Phyllis says, split commission 50-50. And then he just turns away and he says pam will you help me like he's not even going to consider that and he says does nobody want to help me and then kevin walks out from the corner and says i'll help you michael michael stares at kevin for a beat anybody anybody at all <laughs> jim walks in with his coat um he slides his hand into his pocket he walks up to reception when michael runs up he goes jim 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 i need you to take over for dwight for the sales pitch jim says no michael says come on there's, there's nobody else willing to help kevin says i'll help you michael Michael stares at Kevin for a beat, and then Michael cuts back to Jim. I'll give you the rest of the week off. Jim still says no. Michael says, I'll give you an extra 10 minutes for your lunch break. And Jim says, what? No. And then Michael says, come on, he's going to be here any minute. Okay. If you do this, I will reinstate the Cinco de Mayo party that I promised and corporate canceled. And then Meredith jumps up and says, yes! Meredith is a raging alcoholic and would love any excuse to get drunk at the office. So basically um, you. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's pressure from everybody in the office for Jim to help out with the sales pitch. Toby, the HR person, says, mm-hmm. oh, Michael, you, you can't do that. And then Meredith says, shut up, Toby. And then Michael says, I will reinstate the single to mile party and everyone is invited except Toby. Jim looks at Pam, a smile glowing on her face. She nods to Jim. He has to do it now. Oh, Michael hates Toby, right? Michael hates Toby. Okay. Toby is a human resources head. Um, and he despises him. So Jim says, fine, I'll do it. Then they cut back. Um, Dwight goes and meets up with Angela. She is shocked to see the camera crew with him because they're not supposed to know about mm-hmm. this. I think it's funny. Um, they like go inside and they have like a hushed conversation, but they're wearing their mics so you can hear them. And um, he says, just go out there and tell, talk to them and explain why I'm here. And she says, why should I have to clean up your mess? And he says, please, monkey. They have no idea anything is going on between us. Do you want them to get suspicious? Which is funny because... Everybody knows the whole time. Angel then has a talking head. My cousin was on vacation this week, and I was having a little trouble taking care of her dog. And Dwight, my co-worker, and a very nice gentleman offered to come and help. That is all. So then he walks in and then helps her. Um, In the end, he ends up, like, training the dog. There's a scene at the end where he's, like, making it do tricks and everything, and it's nice. But that's kind of the end of that plot line. Okay. Um, So then Jim comes into the conference room with Michael. He says, what's the plan? And Michael says, we're going to con him. Jim says, con him? And then Michael says, yes. We gain his confidence, and then he does whatever we want. And Jim says, sounds like you don't need me. And Michael says, it takes a team to con somebody, Jim. Haven't you seen Ocean's Eleven? Oh, my God. Jim says, and and how exactly do you plan to con him? Michael turns to the camera and says, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, Jesus. Michael turns back to Jim. Al Pacino, Scarface. And then Jim says, I, I don't yeah. think. And then before he can finish, there's a knock at the door. And uh, Michael is forevermore confused about the difference between Scarface and The Godfather. Pam peeks her head in. And she says, Mr. Wakamatsu is here. Michael says, yes, please show him to the conference room. Michael gets up and starts jogging in place. Michael says, are you ready to do this thing? And Jim's like, what are you doing? Michael starts stretching incorrectly. He's trying to get psyched up. He's asking if Jim is psyched. Jim is not psyched. Um, Michael stops stretching and he says, ah, let's do this. Michael and Jim enter the room. Jim sits down opposite Don at the conference table. Michael walks over to the window and stares out. Don says, is something wrong? Michael Scott still staring out the window. I'm worried. I'm worried about your business. 
You were so generous and helpful to me earlier. I just want to return the favor. Don says, oh, that's not necessary, Michael. Michael says, I've been in this business for a long time, and I've seen many salespeople come and go. Right, Jim? Jim, unconvincingly. Yes. Michael says, I know you must use a lot of paper, and I'm willing right now to make you an amazing offer if we become your sole paper provider. Don says, it's very generous, Michael, but I just don't use that much paper. Michael, soft and comforting. Look, I know everything there is to know about the paper business. Everything. For instance, did you know that a small business that uses paper increases their profits by 25%? And then Don says, wait, uses paper or has a paper supplier? And Michael says, I don't know. But look, I have something I think you're going to want to see. And he says, Jim, open the binder. And obviously this was something choreographed with yeah. Dwight. So he's open the binder and he's opening to all the wrong pages. He's like, that's not it. No, that's not it. Go to the quote special client page. Mm-hmm. Jim says, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Michael says, the special client page. Completely lost. Don stands up. He doesn't have time for this. He's yeah. a business person. He starts walking out. And then Michael like jumps in front of him and bears his, bears his, uh, his exit. And he says, what can I do to get you into some paper today? And then Don says, look, I appreciate everything you're doing, but and Michael says, if you appreciate it, then do me the honor of helping, do me this honor of helping you out. And then Jim says, Michael, he's just trying to be nice. And Michael looks at Jim, can I talk to you outside for a second? <laughs> so they go to the kitchen and Michael says, what is your problem? Jim says, I don't know what you want from me. He says, Jim, I told you we are gaining his confidence. This is a con job. I want you to have confidence. Jim doesn't know how to respond. Michael says, you know what your problem is? Jim says, what? (laughs) Michael says, you don't have any confidence. That's why you aren't with Pam. Oh, sh. Oh, sh. Jim says, what does that have to do with anything? Michael says, it has to do with everything. I have confidence, and I almost had him right there at the end. And Jim said, you did not. (laughs) You were never close, buddy. Michael said, yes, I did. I have a seventh sense for these kinds of things. He's very interested. And Jim says, no, he's not. And Michael says, okay, Mr. Hotshot, if he's not interested in, then why is he still here? And Jim says, honestly, I have no idea why he's still here. He's not. He just left. Don, talking head. Michael bought two dozen of my most expensive systems and signed a 10-year maintenance contract for the same phone system he has now. He single-handedly filled my quota for the month. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> Michael Scott, you know, I thought you had confidence. That's why I recruited you. Now do you want me to help you? Now do you want to help me con this guy or not? Cut back. Michael sits down. Sorry about that. Camera swings across from the table where Jim was sitting is Kevin Malone. And then Don says, because now Jim is obviously yeah. didn't buy the pep talk and now it's Kevin. Um, and then you're saying you really need paper. And then Don says, Michael, look, the only paper I use is for marketing material. I print and prepare a dozen or so custom pamphlets a day, then mail them off in the morning before going on my sales meetings. Maybe once a month, I'll stop by the store to pick up some more. And then Kevin says, why? Don says, why what? And Michael says, Kevin, don't mess this up. Kevin interjects. Why do you go through all the trouble prepping and mailing off that stuff? Don says, it's called marketing. And Kevin says, yeah, but why don't you get a service to do that for you? And Don says, to print my logo and marketing material and ship it to clients? That doesn't exist. And then Michael says, see, it doesn't exist. Let's move on. But then Kevin cuts in again. He says, yes, it does. We do that. I've done my research. I haven't found anybody in the area that provides that service. We do. And then Michael says, no, we don't, Kevin. And he says, yes, we do, Michael. Corporate bought out a small printing and distribution company last quarter to expand our services. I've been trying to tell the sales staff for a month, but nobody listens to me. And Don says, you can do all that? Kevin says, yeah. You just give us all your stuff and we'll ship everything. Don ponders this information. Cut to the office. Michael, Kevin, and Don exit the conference room. Michael shakes Don's hand. Michael out loud so everyone can hear. Thank you, Mr. Wakamatsu. We greatly appreciate your business. Don says thank you and leaves. As soon as he leaves, Michael goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Michael bested the best salesman that bested me. And everyone says congratulations. This is great. Secretly, they're just excited that they get to go on their Cinco de Mayo. And then he's mocking Oscar for saying congratulations. You're the best salesman. Then it cuts to Kevin. And Kevin says, I don't mind Michael taking the credit. I just wanted to help him make the sale. That's why I made up that service. We don't actually do any of that. (laughs) I don't normally condone lying to customers. And he comes to a realization. I wonder what's going to happen when he finds out we don't do any of that. (laughs) Beat. Oh, well. I guess uh, that's why I'm in accounting. Best to stick to things you're good at. And he gives a big cheeky smile. That's that's awesome. So then while everyone's celebrating, um, Jim walks up to Pam's desk. A reception and Pam says what's up and Jim says so I know it's your birthday and I know that the phone rings and it kind of interrupts him and he says 
You can answer that? She says, oh, yeah. She picks up the phone. Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. Oh, hey, Dwight. Yeah, he got the sale. I don't know. You'd have to ask Michael what the commission split is. I don't know. Okay, goodbye. She hangs up the phone. Jim begins again. Okay, so since it's your birthday, and then behind Jim, Michael appears with a cake and lit candles. Everyone is following him. They all sing happy birthday to Pam. Mm -hmm. She thinks, oh, Jim was setting up this like fun little happy birthday thing. But again, no, he's being interrupted. He's trying to give her the tickets. She blows the candles out. Michael says, what did you wish for? She says, I can't tell you won't come true. Just as that happens, Roy Roy re-enters the office. He walks up to Pam, taps her on the shoulder. He says, happy birthday, baby, gives her the tickets. Yeah. And then she jumps into his arms and kisses him. And while this is all happening, Jim slowly slips the tickets into his back pocket. And they're like fawning. She's like, how did you know? And he's like, I've been, you've been talking about this for months. And while they're going over that, cam- camera follows Jim as he walks back over to his desk. As everyone walks into the conference room for cake, Jim tosses the tickets on his desk and slouches into his chair. Kelly and Ryan stop at Jim's desk on their way to the conference room. Kelly sees the tickets. She's like, oh, my God, that's my favorite band. Jim says, do you want them? And Kelly says, are you being serious right now? Jim says, yeah, I was going to go with a friend, but she had a change of heart. And she says, oh, my God, thank you. And she takes it. And uh, she, like, strangles Ryan in a hug and then says, we're going Mm -hmm. to the concert. And they take off. So then kind of just, like, fades out on the party. And then Jim's sitting out sad at his desk by himself. The post credit scene is a Mexican mariachi band playing in the corner as Meredith grinds up against the guitar player, dancing with a glass of alcohol in one hand. I like it. There's a bar set up in the conference room. Michael pours shots for Jim and Pam. Phyllis dances with Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Creed does a weird dance alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they cut to the annex at night, which is where Toby sits, far away from everyone. He's sitting alone at his desk eating a turkey sandwich. You can hear the mariachi band in the background. The door to the kitchen is duct taped shut with a sign that says, do not enter. As Toby sits alone, the automatic lights shut off. The end. Sweet. From what I can tell, that's a pretty... That's a pretty damn accurate episode of The Office. I am. I was like reading this and I was like, I would, I would like to see the yeah the sound yeah because it has that mix. I think which is so good, and I think what a lot of shows do yeah like The Office. It's certainly not the first one to do it. Mm-hmm. That mix of like a storyline that's like kind of silly and funny, and then that like more dramatic a plot, like, B plot. like pretty yeah. sad. You know, it has A&D. to have a little emotional yeah. core to it, yeah. which is Jim always. Aw, shucks. Yeah. Getting... Swinging and missing. Exactly. And Charlie Brown kicks at the football but misses the football. Exactly. Tails yeah. all his time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, we took the BuzzFeed Which Office Character Are You quizzes. Ryan, who'd you get? I got Daryl Philbin. Did I don't know what appear. that means. Did not appear in this tale. He... Uh, quote, you're ambitious and chase your dreams. I don't. Even when others try to stand in your way, I give immediately. Though you work incredibly hard, I don't. You also have a playful nature and love to laugh. So Daryl like, just gave me a grumpy cat face. Daryl started out. I don't, Daryl's a great character. Craig Robinson. If you've seen Hot Tub yeah. Time Machine. Yeah. He's that I figured that was him. Um, he starts out as like the warehouse, working in the warehouse, mm-hmm. then he becomes a warehouse manager, and then he eventually moves his way up and um, starts a business with Jim as uh, sports agents. Okay. So he's really driven. Cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah. But it doesn't really match me. Yeah. I got Ryan Howard. Way off. Way off. <laughs> so you, off. You enjoy having intellectual discussions okay. and being ahead of the curve when it comes to trends. Sure. Though some might consider you pretentious. That's mm. true. You know that you're actually just more honest than everyone else. That feels real. I've never seen... I don't, I don't know what he's like in this show, but yeah. that description feels real. But Ryan is like the kind of guy who's like, have, have you ever been to Thailand? And then he like goes on and on about this. Yeah, he's not like, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like really... always, Almost always like wrong about Well, that's kind of pretentious. Well. But I'm probably pretentious when I'm like... Just what is fanfic? <laughs> what does fanfic mean? That's true. Yeah. I haven't thought about us in the context of the... We have different personas for the, for the show. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's there's someone off it's microphone. Totally, yeah. totally not a Daryl on the show. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a hard Daryl outside the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. Are there any, any compliments or criticisms you have, sir? Um, I would I would compliment it or criticize it, but I don't think I know enough to genuinely do that. It sounds like it was well written. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it got the characters super right, yes. from what I can tell. It is because like season two, I believe, was mm-hmm. kind of like the heyday where they were making some real bangers yeah. of episodes. Um, this would be like a forgettable one that you would watch and be like oh, I don't remember this episode. Yeah, because it is kind of just like. Nah. It's got a nice little story with well, Jim Well, the and more ben. memorable episodes of any show are the ones that like move the story along. Mm-hmm. This is just another swing and miss episode with Jim. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like. I really liked that note. Mm-hmm. I, I knew exactly what you were going to say when he kept getting interrupted. I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. And yeah. 
And that is exactly what happened in the show. So they, yeah. they, they really nailed that. Yeah, I mean, the the antics probably need to be heightened a little bit. Because, I mean, again, like, they were really on well, don't, it. don't the antics get a lot crazier towards the end? They get a lot less based in reality. It's, like, a little sillier, more yeah. cartoonish. But they still had, like, there were still episodes where, um, I think, latter half of season two, maybe beginning of season three, it was, um, like, Dwight took Ryan on a, like, a how to become a salesman journey. And he, like, mm-hmm. brought him to his farm and was, like, making him go through all these, like, crazy obstacle yeah. courses. And it's, like... Okay. That wasn't as crazy as the show got, but it was still pretty crazy antics. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it would be like a forgettable one. I mean, you'd probably have to have a solid Don Wakamatsu to make it work. Yeah. Um, but I also really like the idea. It has to be acted out, most of the, mm-hmm. the office, which is interesting because people think like, oh, there's probably a lot of improv. There's almost no improv on the show. Really? The scripts were just so specifically written that every word they said, every like kind of you know way it's acted and said it was like written down some good writers then. yeah Greg yeah, Daniels props amazing. to the writers and props to this writer I thought it was good yeah any no. criticism any I mean that's what I, I mean I guess they could, they could have made it I, as I was saying and I was like okay this is the second plot line with Dwight and Angela is like not really doing yeah. anything for me um, but I guess if you like the whole I think they line... misspelled Michael one time oh I don't know if this person used like a, a software to yeah. write a script because that would have negated that. If they didn't, this is very impressive. Very well formatted. Because it cuts back oh, and forth good. a lot. Good for them. So good for them. This Thank is, you for that, yeah, writer. A lot of work was done on this one. What's it called? Um, it's called Office, parentheses, the American version, season two, spec script. Okay. Fanfiction.net. Fanfiction.net. Well, yeah, I thought that was good. I think mm-hmm. that was a pretty solid script, pretty solid fic. What do you I think? Would, I would love to see it. I just want to see it acted out. Yeah. I just want more office. Yeah. Maybe we can recreate that. There you go. Make our own office. I'll be Angela. Uh, I mean, Daryl. Uh, I mean, I mean Daryl. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I want to be Don. <laughs> awesome. That's good. So what are you stoked on today, Ryan? Stoked on today. For um, this episode, what are you stoked for on? For this episode, <laughs> I am, uh, I've been, we were talking about this before. I was I've been reading a book called Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. By Celeste Ng. And it is just NG. A, NG. Okay. Um Celeste NG Ng. Um it's just a really really well-written book. I we were talk you kind of helped me find the words for it. It's yeah. just well-written. It's about a well-to-do family mm-hmm. in this kind of um you know, upper class like suburban society. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like built off like the Shaker religion. That's like how it started. Oh, it was kind of wow. like one of those like fifties like yeah like perfect like you know modern whatever. It's said in like the nineties, and um, they're like well to do mom dad three kids, um, four kids actually yeah four kids and they take in this artist and her daughter as a sublet in one of their properties and it just is like a beautiful mirror of like her daughter sees how this like stable nuclear family is and it's like i'm tired of this vagabond life and then their daughter is like i want to be rebellious and artistic mm. so they kind of like swap places and it's like about the mom's relationship with the daughters and just gives really well thought out and well flushed out histories for everybody wow it's just really and it's so much parallels and yeah. mirrors in it between the characters it's just it's really good i think with a very well-written piece even if you're not like you can't relate to it or for some reason, there's something that you shouldn't have a personal connection to it. If it's well written, I think it's interesting and you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice when you find something that's like so well put together, which it sounds like you have. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to be stoked on. I think. Absolutely, yeah, it's great, great yeah. book, great book, quick read, good book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About how many pages is it? Do you know? uh, I just I have the I have the uh, like the oh, the audio book. Uh, okay. So I'm just like I don't know. And you're just burning through it. Sixty percent. I don't know oh, okay. how many pages yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. So I am stoked on the DC Universe Doom Patrol the tv show i know ryan's watched some of it he mm-hmm. hasn't gotten as far as i have yeah i just i fell off i just stopped watching it it's really good i remember i stopped watching we've talked about this yeah i've stopped watching because i was like oh i'm gonna watch like binge watch yeah. yeah so now i can well i don't have time so next week is the last episode of the season so you oh, might as okay. well wait until next week when you can binge watch them all at once yeah but it's really good and i think I think we're so oversaturated with superhero content, especially with Endgame having just mm-hmm, come out, you mm-hmm, know, 22 mm-hmm. movies. In the oh, making. and then all the Disney Plus things that yeah. are announced is going to yeah. be a million and more. And then all of the DC stuff. The just DC, when you thought you were yeah. getting out. Exactly. The animated stuff, all of that. And I think Doom Patrol has hit a note that no one else has. Mm-hmm. I think it's very close to Deadpool because it's very yeah, self-aware. Yeah. yeah, I guess if you like Deadpool, yeah. you probably really you like You probably really Doom like Doom Patrol. Patrol. But Doom Patrol is still the very sad... Uh, DC theme or whatever you want to call it. I mean, a lot of people think DC is just too sad and serious. Mm-hmm. So, let's too much say, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, oof. 
it's a DC version of that where they're very self-aware. In the latest episode, the villain is wearing Doom Patrol merchandise. So it's it's funny. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's very meta. They have commentaries on themselves, but it really really takes on the superhero genre. Yeah, and it's it, yeah because they have like characters that are funny, and then they have the characters like the I don't remember his name, the Invisible Man, Negative Man, Negative Man, the guy yeah. who's got the energy inside of Larry Trainer. Like, oh his, my god, his, his like, arc is his, so good. His arc and his like grappling with becoming a hero and like yeah. dealing with his powers is better than like any movie you're gonna see. It, Negative Man's arc alone is worth watching. Mm-hmm. And I would not say the same thing about Titans. And I think it's a Matt Bomber, incredible actor. He is so good. Incredible and actor. he the th- Negative Man is from the 50s. That's when or 60s, 56. It's the 60s because it's uh JFK. He's struggling with becoming a superhero, having these powers he didn't want, serving his country because mm-hmm. he was in the Air Force, being gay in a mm-hmm. time when it wasn't cool, and because he's from that mindset, he still isn't okay with it. And it's just like... He's so suppressed. Yeah, He's literally wrapped up in bandages to yeah. hide himself. Yeah. And that's that's how he is emotionally. He looks it like is. Deadpool, too. When he takes a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Just his arc alone mm-hmm. is amazing. Then we have Robot Man's Robot arc. Man's arc is really I good. love... Also, they go to Okefenokee Swamp, where I went for my 21st <laughs> birthday. He, Robot Man <laughs> goes to the Okefenokee Swamp and battles an alligator. Okay. I loved it. Well, this is this is almost Taylor. Yeah. Are you, are you, were you writing this? Basically, it's just a show for me at this point. But Brendan Fraser <laughs> I hope plays you're enjoying this, yeah, Alex, Alex, as he's like punching uh, the alligator. Or, or just Mr. Nobody looks at me, how are you liking this, Alex? Like, oh my god, he knows. Uh, Alan Tudyk, one of like, I, I think he's a very talented actor, very underutilized in a lot of things. He's the villain, Mr. Nobody's awesome. Timothy Dalton, James Bond yeah. plays the chief. Um, Diane, Diane Guerra, or Guerrera, however you pronounce her last name, she is Crazy Jane. I think she's amazing. Uh, April Bowlby, she plays Elastic Woman. Holy shit, she's good. She's she's playing a 1940s Hollywood starlet, mm-hmm. but obviously around today. Mm-hmm. And she's struggling with her powers. It's like four or five people that don't want superpowers yeah. and aren't good people, but have them. It's like the Fantastic Four if they're all like nihilist kind yeah, of. And yeah, shitty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, bad people. Yeah, just bad people overall. Like, Robot Man was cheating on his wife, was just a terrible person before he became Robot Man. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I really don't want this. And he's just trying to reconnect with his daughter. I honestly, I think the funniest... To me, the funniest line he said, he, he has a lot of funny one-liners. It's Brendan Fraser just, like, cursing a bunch. Mm-hmm. But they have this one weird storyline. I'm not going to go into it. But they keep talking about Nernheim. Like, the villains keep talking about Nernheim. Oh, man. Are we in Nernheim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brendan Fraser goes there. And he's like, is this Nernheim? Are we in goddamn Nernheim? And I don't know why, but I lost my was, shit with yeah, that. It was so good. That's an early episode. I've yeah, seen that one. yeah. Uh, so I say Doom Patrol. Honestly, they have I think a week's free trial right now, or yeah. s- free trial where you can watch like the first three episodes. It's a really good service. Yeah. E- even if you get the service, as long as you want to watch Doom Patrol, or as long as it takes you, please. Like I love Doom Patrol. Yeah. I, think I mean, they so have all good. the comics on there too. Uh, if you they ever... updated their comics library. It's literally almost everything DC's ever put out. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to like try it out, yeah. read a comic, and yeah, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, and they have the I can't remember what it's called, but they have one way to read it where they go panel by panel the way it's supposed to be read and you just tap so you don't even have to navigate the page it navigates it for you it's it's great and they have their may 31st the first episode of a live action swamp thing oh produced by james wan that's gonna be good that's gonna be really good that's i'm excited good. for that titans is on there it's not the teen titans from <laughs> Wait, Cartoon are you, Network. So are you, uh, let's keep focused are you stoked on doom patrol or on dc universe i'm stoked on doom patrol specifically okay. i but i'm just saying that well, the stick, service as stick, a whole i think is great patrol. save it because we don't have a lot of content save that's being true, stoked on true. dc universe for another week yeah. but doom patrol i i would say dp yeah do yourself DP, a DP. doom patrol double D- penetration deadpool, deadpool yeah anything exactly dr pepper i would say do yourself a favor just go and try, just watch the first two or three episodes. The first episode itself, I think, is great, and they are they're going all in with Doom Patrol right now. And I really Cyborg's in it, and I didn't think I would like this version of Cyborg. Yeah. I've actually really that, come to yeah, like it. That's him. a pretty dope Cyborg. And they're also doing his original origin, and not the New Fifty Two version, which is in the movies. Mm-hmm. His original origin is just that his dad rebuilt him, mm-hmm. and so his whole arc is dealing with his dad, like yeah, because he's Cyborg. Yeah, they his do growth a, is stunted. They do a really good job of these bizarre characters, yeah. but they get to just like the actual like parallels and the yeah. allegories behind the, the yeah. characters. But there's still like good action and things I, like that. Oh yeah, the action's mm-hmm. great. The, they, the, the when set went design, down to South America, the costuming yeah. is all really good. It is, and it's got that kind of like creepy, edgy, like weird. Yeah, it's like if you like anything Tim Burton's ever done, you're probably gonna love you're Doom probably, Patrol. Yeah. And it's also co-written by Jeff Johns, is one of the best 
writers DC has mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this one really good part where Robot Man isn't allowed inside of a house, so he's just sitting outside of a house for hours. And this little kid drives bike on drives by on a bike and stares him down. And then, like, hours later, the kid comes back, and he's in a robot costume. And he has a wagon with a boombox on it. And he presses it, and the kid just starts dancing in front of him, like, doing the robot. And Brendan Fraser goes, kid, are you serious? I've seen Flash dance 20 times. <laughs> and then they have, like, a dance-off. And it's just weird, but it's, like, I don't know, it's really good. It's, okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, like I said, if you like comic books, if you like superheroes, I think Doom Patrol is so different than yeah. what's been out nowadays. I agree. And I think it's worth watching. It's a very serious take on a bunch of weird characters. Mm-hmm. And the Doom Patrol were the inspiration for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. So I they think... came first, yeah. Yeah, yeah they came a first. A wheel-bound chair. A yeah, wheelchair-bound wheelchair bound, uh, yeah, leader. Professor, sure, yeah. yeah. A bunch of strange superheroes yeah. that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked on Doom Patrol. I think you guys should definitely give that a, yeah, a watch I if agree. you can. I agree. Yeah. So that's what I'm stoked on. I think I think we're I think we're about done. What do you think? I think that's it for me. Yeah, yeah, that's good for me. So remember, we have a YouTube channel, Suck My Fanfic. If you like us, please leave us a review. We're now over. You know, we're legal to drink with our episodes. We're at twenty one. Oh, yeah. yeah, this show can officially drink. That's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah, boy! Legally, obviously. We, well, we could before we did the Rick and Morty episode. How old were we then? Eight. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's like my grandpa when he was in like middle of Georgia. Say, we are yeah. from Florida. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> put some hair on your uh, put some hair on your nuggets, boy. Drink this moonshine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, leave us a review. That'd be much appreciated. We really appreciate that. We have a Patreon. We'd really appreciate you giving us some of your monies. That'd be great. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube, as I've already said. Listen wherever you can. And either way, we really appreciate you guys. Yes. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really enjoy this community. We really enjoy interacting with you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm having such a great time meeting new people online, making friends with people, just kind of talking about weird things. So I hope you guys enjoyed as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, anything to remember, Ryan? You know, you're great. And though there are many challenges in life, you'll always rise to succeed. So just remember that you can succeed even when things get hard. That's what she said.